Still not sponsored by Duncan. It's the Woodworking Morning Show. Yeah, we're there. There we are. Okay. 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 It's all working. Hey, everybody. I'm Mark. And I'm Nicole. And we are from the Wood Whisperer. This is our live show. Yes, it is. I'm I'm shaking it up just to see if you're paying attention. I'm paying attention all the time. Hit the button when you need to. Okay. (laughs) So we're going to talk about woodworking today. Uh, We've got questions queued up. Nicole's watching the chat. She's Mm -hmm. going to pull questions from there. Um, Did you know you can actually make a difference with this show? You can actually help support the show. Uh, just go to patreon.com slash woodwhisperer, or if you're watching on YouTube, there's a little membership, or probably a join button that you can use if you want to get involved that way. Uh, we always appreciate the support, and it helps you uh, get priority service for your questions. Hey, Tom, Brian just uh, joined the YouTube members. What? For the bonus show. Well, thanks, Tom. Yeah, I'm going to put a, that in the feed. We Look do at this. an after show. Boom, After baby. this one. <clears throat> Yeah, we do. The after show is always fun. It's a lot like this, only mostly off-topic stuff. <laughs> exactly. Video games, movies, TV, all that stuff. So uh, let's see. What do we have? We want to thank some people who actually did help support the show. Uh, Billy Purdy, John, just John. Just J-O-N, John. Rich Smith, and Andrea Valeri. There you go. So thank you so much, thank folks. You. We really appreciate it. Just a heads up. What's a heads up? We put a video out. Oh, you did. Because, you know, the I, weekly video thing. You don't thing, have to c- include... I'm not in the we. It's isn't that the it's royal we? Yeah, the collective we. Uh, yeah, I, I put a video out. Uh, well, you know what the thing is these days. The reason I could do these weekly videos is because we have a team. That's true. It's because of you. Yeah. You take the weight of the kids and the family stuff <laughs> while I work. John helps me here in the shop, I do so we get things work. done. You I do. do. I answer a lot of emails. You send an occasional newsletter I, out, I, I, and I, it's I, it's very much appreciated. <laughs> It really is. a lot of email. (laughs) And then we have Todd down in Texas doing the editing thing. Um, Without these guys, I would not be able to do this. So that's why I say we. I try to say we. (laughs) Anyway, buy this, not that, focused on drill bits. That's It's a very short video, but kind of like basics. A lot of you probably know some of this stuff, but I thought it would be a fun topic. And it's gone over well. A lot of people are like, can you do that for tape measures, for router bits, so it will definitely be a theme in the future. My idea was like, this is going to be an ongoing series. So, good stuff. If you haven't seen that, that is on the channel live. It's on the, our website, thewoodwhisperer.com. And I got nothing else except for questions. Oh, you know what? Tonight is the last night for the guild projects. If you were hoping to bundle the two guild uh, projects, yeah. yep. you get those two pre-orders in. It's at woodwhispererguild.com. You get an extra 10% off, and today is the last day because Brian's project it already released. So you're just leaving it out there until the end of the day. Just, yeah. Yep. So basically before I go to bed, I will go in there <laughs> and change it so that only one project is available uh, for pre-order, which releases next week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's do some stuff. Let's do it. All right. I got a question here from Tommaso. Tommaso. <clears throat> he says, I have an outdoor space, a pad off the kitchen, about 14 by 14, and I will eventually have a pergola over it. I'd like to make or get some furniture, chairs for now. Adirondacks aren't nice enough, but is there a style that you'd recommend? Something comfortable that is suited for outdoor life? Uh, Style and design being the important factor rather than wood or finish. Well, stylistically, 
I mean, it's kind of a personal thing, right? Like what looks good in your backyard, yeah. uh, that's going to be a very personal thing. The, the concern I have with Adirondack chairs, we have two of them. And let's, let's be honest, it's a, it's a guild project. We want people to build these mm -hmm. because it's a super cool chair. How many times have you sat in it? Which one? The Adirondack chair. Green, green. I find it hard to get out of it. That's the problem. If you haven't sat in like a, a real sit. deal Adirondack chair, you got to get down there. Yeah. You got to put your booty down in that thing. And then you lean back. And just and... De depending on your leg strength <laughs> and uh, your ability to get yourself back up, I mean, you might be stuck there. So anyone who has sat in one of those green and green, it's not just mine. Uh, we actually modeled the green and green one. Uh, the general dimensions were modeled after classic Adirondack chairs. They are a low, low lounge chair. Now, once you get in them, it's kind of nice because you're, you're kind of sitting back, yeah. sitting in the cut. It, you got it a is lemonade. a, like, one to two hour plus chair. Yeah. <laughs> like, and for being all wood, moving. quite comfortable, yeah. right? Yeah, it's a comfortable chair. But honestly, chair. man, I don't know that I would recommend them because of the, the number of people who won't even think to get down in them because they know they can't get back up. Uh, so I would actually recommend good patio furniture. Yeah. Like maybe we invested in good patio furniture back in Arizona, brought it with us here mm -hmm. to Colorado, still holding up. You know, it's got good outdoor fabric on it. Um, you know, it's made, it's all metal, right? But it's you got know, the, the like cushions on it. If you want to build something though, like the outdoor bench, mm -hmm. I, use, I go to that all the time. Well, he also nice. said make slash get, uh, yeah. right? So this is one of those times where uh, there are things like this where I'll be like, yeah, I don't know that I would build something, or I don't know mm -hmm. that I want wood for something like that. Wood is great, but there's a limit, and there's a, there's a certain time my butt wants a cushion, you know? That's true. Like, I wouldn't want a, a, a wooden couch in the house, right? I would want something with cushions, because that's super comfortable. So, I don't know. Maybe that's not the answer you were looking for, <laughs> but that's what you got. Uh, Scott K is in the chat and says, I wasn't planning on buying the guild projects you introduced last night, but as always, the thoroughness of the content offered up offered up is top tier question how can i use my vac sys pump in a vacuum bag um vac sys pump what do you, what's a vac sys pump i don't know <laughs> i mean I, I understand what these words are but it sounds like a brand oh <clears throat> maybe okay that's right uh, i knew it was a brand it was oh, something it's festool so Festool has a vacuum that they usually use for like work holding yeah. and things like that. Uh, you know what? I don't know. I don't know what that thing's capabilities are and how difficult it might be to rig up. If it will work, it's probably just a matter of different fittings and making sure you can get the fittings into the bag. But how well the Vaxis does that, I don't know. Um, I never used one. I actually had one for a short period of time and I think I sold it to uh, Paul Marcel when we were in Arizona. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I just never used it. So... I don't know that much about the Vaxis system. Interesting. Yeah, I wish I had a good answer for you, man, but uh, unfortunately I don't. Hey, it sucks, so there must be a way. And cuts. It no. sucks as it cuts. <laughs> uh, there must be a way to hook it up to a bag. It's a question of whether it's a continuous duty pump. Does it actually, you know, do you actually pull a vacuum and have a way to hold it tight so that it doesn't leak? If you did, then I'm sure it would be mm -hmm. fine, but... I don't have a great answer for you. Uh, real quick, Blue Tape Project <clears throat> says, have you been to the new wood section at Rockler in Colorado? It's pretty great. No, we talked about that on yeah, Wood Talk. No. We re recorded Wood Talk a couple days ago, mentioned the Denver store. They expanded it. It's like twice as big now, and they have an incredible wood selection. And I have this week has been nuts, and I wanted to go, but I just did not have the time. Yeah. I will go check it out, though. Okay, our buddy Karen G. Yeah. says... 
what's the best way to fix a sloppy miter gauge in a table saw and bandsaw? Thanks. Well, hopefully, I mean, not every miter gauge is the same. So miter bars can come with all kinds of little contraptions to make them fit into a miter slot a little bit better. Um, if yours does not have those, and a lot of, like, Incra, for instance, has these little, I, I don't know what they are, little plastic discs that have a little split in them. So as you tighten things down, they expand. So if you go across the whole thing, tighten all of them down, you can kind of dial that in and make it really nice and uh, a snug fit, slop-free fit. Other systems have, I don't even know exactly how it works, but it's like a little ball that's spring-loaded. So you can kind of push it in, and as you tighten it on the other side, you're increasing its resistance and putting more pressure outside this way. So you can use that to kind of, uh, who had that? Rocklers has that, and I think the new Woodpecker um, one that's coming out has something similar. I like that a lot. Uh, but if yours doesn't have those things, the old-fashioned way to do this is to get like a nail set and just pop it in there. So what happens when you put that dent in the miter bar, you actually cause it to sort of mushroom out a little bit. It bows, I don't know what the proper term is. It's metal, guys, I, I only know wood. You, you smack it with the thing and it goes bloop. <laughs> so you do that enough and you wind up actually pushing some metal out to the side which can tighten your fit in the miter slot. So that's how it you know is done if you don't have all those other things. Now if it's super sloppy, there's not a whole, I mean, you can't make up a lot of space using that technique, so I'm not sure there might be other things you can do. Off the top of my head, I don't know, other than like gluing a shim of some kind to the side. So, there you go. Alrighty. You hear that? It's like a blower. Who's, the, who's using a blower? Somebody's, who cares? Well, Mateo just mowed the lawn, <laughs> oh. and I always tell him he's got to use the blower yeah. afterwards, and I'm like, I doubt he's doing that. The thing's bigger than he is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Perry says hello from Spain. Uh, quite late here. Mm. I'm starting in woodworking and... No, my cousin lives in Spain. Yeah. You should say hi to her. Her name's Nicole, actually. <laughs> say hi to her for me. <laughs> say hi to your mother for me. Uh, I'm starting in woodworking and welding. Do you have any good advice for us who work in the metric system? He doesn't. Yeah, work in the correct system. No! Stop. Well, wait, what's he, what does he want advice? I don't know. What kind of advice do you need on the metric system? Well, look, man, you got the better system. Look, the whole thing with like imperial or whatever the units are that we would call, yes, you know, uh, the Our, U U.S. standard yes. or whatever it is. Um, those are dumb. And I understand there's a history there. It's very hard for an entire country to change. I understand why we use it. It's my preferred system because it's the language I speak and it's what my material comes in. It's what my tooling comes in at. It makes sense for me to use it. But uh, there's no, I don't think there's any argument that if you can start with metric and you don't have to change the world around you, that's the better system. So, um, but I don't think he's, I'm, I'm curious why he brought up the metric thing. Is he mm -hmm. having a problem with metric? Because you're, I imagine Spain is on the metric system. Yeah. Your materials are probably metric. Your tooling is probably metric. Man, you're, you're, uh, you're cruising. You're fine. Yeah, I, I don't think there's really. You don't ask a, a guy from the U.S. for advice <laughs> when, you, when you got the metric system. Uh, let's see, Robert. Maybe advice on your plans. Well, we provide metric plans. Yeah, that's true. Well, there's a bit of advice. If you are on the metric system and you buy plans from people who are based in the U.S., a lot of times the plans you're buying are just conversions, right? And I know for us that's the mm -hmm. case, too. We aren't actually building in metric, which means we're doing a conversion and then we're rounding up um, or, or down, depending on it. But, you know, we round the numbers, which means if you're building in metric, you got to be a little bit more careful with those numbers because things may not be exactly what 
you think they would be. And we've had feedback where they where people have built it and they're like, oh, it was a little off. Here's the right. Yeah, we've had people who were super kind about that, uh, understanding about it, and gave us numbers to help us adjust those things. But we provide all our plans. Mm-hmm. Um, I think every single one of them. I think so. Except for maybe the early, early stuff um, should all be in metric as well. All right, Robert Price has a question. Another question about Rubio on Walnut. I watched the end grain test that you did and know that higher grits help prevent it from being so much darker than the rest of the wood, uh, but know that you don't go very high with Rubio. How high would you go sanding Walnut end grain before applying Rubio? Well, I don't think I would, Robert. I... I um, I think what you need to do is take a test piece, right? Sand it up, get it ready to go, throw some, you know, you don't need much to cover a small test piece, throw some Rubio on it and see what you think. You may not need to do anything. See, the thing is with end grain coloring a little bit darker, I talk about it, I tell people it's something you can do. I think that might be a disservice to people because I don't want people to think that they have to do this. If you've got a tabletop, let's say, the end grain is exposed on the end. If it's darker, who cares? It's on a different plane. And the light hits it differently. It's in a shadow in the first place. So if it's a little bit darker, so what? You know, but if it's something that really bothers you or if you're doing something like a raised panel, this is a time where we go, all right, now we have a panel that's transitioning into a profile and it's actually going sort of across the grain. You wind up with a little bit of exposed end grain on that raised portion. So you probably should sand that a little bit to a higher grit to get rid of some of that coloration, the dark coloration that's going to happen when you hit it with a stain or an oil. Um, But if you're just doing like a piece of furniture, I wouldn't worry about it myself personally. Um, Now, I I tend to uh, not follow the rules. You know, the rules for uh, Rubio, I think they say to stop at 120. I don't stop my furniture at 120 ever. I don't care what finish it is. I'm going to at least 180. So that's what I would do. I would hit it with 180. Uh, And if I really needed that end grain to just be a little bit lighter because it bothered me for whatever reason, I would probably hit it with 220 and call it done. Now, how much much worse is Rubio when it is on a 220 surface? I don't have that answer for you. It's not a heavy-duty finish in the first place, so that's why I'm not too worried about it. Can you pull up your side of the questions in the chat? The chat room? Yeah, Yeah, I like it when we can. um, There's a question there from, or actually, yeah, Mike. Mike. He's Mike really, Erstad? Yep. It's not really a question. Just more of a... Okay. Alex Snodgrass is great. Thank you. 17-inch bandsaw using the video featuring Alex uh, Snodgrass. Just excellent. Well, look, Alex is the man. Mm-hmm. He is one of my favorite people, and he knows how to manipulate a bandsaw. And make beautiful... Uh, Reindeer? No. Well, yes. I'm talking about oh, the, cut, cutting the cutting boards, boards oh, are man. like... His cutting boards are next level stuff. MC Escher. Yep. Like we have actually two? all the cutting boards I've made... And the cutting boards that we have, like we, you know, yeah. like any self-respecting woodworker, we have 14 cutting boards. But the only two that stay out on the island <laughs> Alex. are Alex Snodgrass's cutting boards. Yep. So that's awesome. I <laughs> mm. uh, got a question here from Right Handed Creations. Okay. Uh, hey, Mark, can you explain the process of coloring epoxy? Also, what should we, what we should and should not use? Well, I don't color epoxy that often. No. Um, I will use things like transtint liquid dye. Uh, it's like a universal dye that seems to go into epoxy pretty well. I don't really do it anymore, but if I needed to get more of a, like a solid color into the epoxy, Is I would either use... Is it actually called transtint? Yeah. Oh, that's it's it. this stuff. That's the stuff. That's the stuff. Comes in all kinds of colors. Uh, Mix All is a pretty good product. Little tiny bottles. We needed to do that for the inlay on your... Um, uh, blanket rack, dealy mm-hmm. whacker. 
uh, and I needed something like we, we had a pearlescent powder, which just made it look like glittery. And we needed something to kind of color the, the background. It was still staying clear. Um, so I tried some of that white mix-all stuff. That was great. And that was, you know, I don't know if it's a purely a pigment or what's in there, but uh, that worked fantastic. So these days when it comes to epoxy, so many people are doing art projects, craft projects, big tables with epoxy. I think you could probably, in, in, in the internet sense, throw a rock and, and hit a company that makes a coloring agent for epoxy. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of them now. Uh, so go, you know, look at the companies that actually produce the epoxy. And a lot of times they, they either recommend or maybe they have their own brand of epoxy coloring agents. There's even like epoxy resin pigment, 10 mm -hmm. bucks, and it has like a whole bunch of wacky colors. I bet you you could probably even go to like to Michael's and yeah. find some stuff to color <laughs> yeah, epoxy. Probably, right? yeah. I mean, that's the funny thing is back in the day before epoxy became what it is today, um, you would have to find other dyes and other things right. to put in epoxy. Well, now there's products specifically for epoxy. Interesting. They're probably just relabeled and it's the same stuff, but it, <laughs> but it works. It works. Okay. Who next? Kurt Allen. Kurt says, I'm looking for some side mount drawer slides for a cherry desk that I'm building. The drawer height's only two and a half to four and a half inches, so weight isn't really an issue. Um, I thought I wanted soft clothes. But the ones that I ordered and most that I've seen in videos seem to stick or be somewhat hard to pull out at the beginning of the travel. Is this your general experience as well? Would you skip the soft clothes? Can you suggest a brand or style that's supposed to be, uh, this is supposed to be a nice piece of furniture? Well, the question I have for you, Kurt, is did you actually install it? Because if you're just playing with a drawer slide, hardware is kind of like that. And I don't mean to assume that this sounds like a silly thing to say, um, but if you don't actually have an assembled piece of furniture together with the slides, with the drawer, these hardware pieces can sometimes seem harder to move than they really are. Have you ever actually taken like a European cup hinge and opened and closed it with your hands? There's times where I pinched like the webbing on my hand because it just kind of snapped clothes on me. And it actually takes it, like if I gave it to Nicole to open mm -hmm. it, she would probably be surprised at how much hand pressure it takes to open that hinge. But when it's attached to a... I don't know, 16 by, you know, uh, 24 door, no problem. Opens just fine. So if you haven't actually installed it, I don't think that's going to be as hard to open as you think it is. Um, anytime I've dealt with a drawer, whether it is a bottom mount slide or a side mount slide, if it had soft close, there's a little bit of resistance for that first pull. But, I mean, my five-year-old opens soft close um, things that have that little bit of a resistance. Um, I just don't think it's that much of an issue. I could be wrong. You might have a brand and a particular one that is tough to open, but I just don't think it's going to be a problem. But I would encourage you to maybe mock it up. You know, just mm -hmm. get some scraps, put something together, put a little weight in the drawer, not much, simulate what the, what's actually going to be in this project and try it and see. You might be surprised at how much easier it is to move when it's actually being used. Uh, so... Uh ENZ Print asked, who was that again? Alex Nodgrass? No, Snod, Snod, Snodgrass. Snod, S-N-O-D, um, grass. I guess, uh, one of the things that I was, because I was like, what's Alex's website? I can't, couldn't find his web, website. Well, he works for Carter. Yes, he works for Carter. So but if you he, go, he probably does have his own website, though. Uh, it's, is it Bandsaw Life? Yeah, I think it is Bandsaw Life. Bandsaw but Life? He also I, has a YouTube channel. At, yep, there it is. Okay, so bandsawlife.com. He's going to be <clears throat> teaching at a Mark Adams School of Woodworking in a few days, July 12th through 16th. Yeah. So if you are in the Indiana area and you want to learn to build one of these 
awesome, crazy cutting boards. Yeah, those are great. Uh, he's teaching next week. Cool. So I bet you... Uh, and I think I got a notification on Facebook, I believe, that he just put out like five or six new videos on YouTube. Oh, yeah. So go find them on YouTube, You too. can still purchase the class. Look cool. that. Is there an opening? 865 bucks. Can I go? No, we're... No. <laughs> Come on. Go on somewhere else. <laughs> uh, let's see. Brad Logston says, um, I have a relatively small shop. I plan to build sort of a combination table saw, outfit table, workbench. My current plan is to have two of Andy Klein's twin turbo vices. I know. Really fancy, right? Two of Andy's vices. That's quite... That's, Brad's got money. It's two more than you have. <laughs> it's, it's plus two. <laughs> uh, yeah. <clears throat> One as a tail vice and the other as a face vice in place of a leg vice uh, that I don't personally think is as functional. Is there any good reason that I'm missing for having these two vices on the same end of the bench? I can imagine that the hardware might bump into each other, but I'm not certain about that, and I think I can avoid it by, by recessing one into the bench top, and then, okay, one is bottom-mounted. Uh, and, and any other considerations I'm missing? Well, I don't, ugh, I don't understand why you would put two of these on the same side of a bench. I don't see any benefit to doing that. Mm -hmm. Andy's vice, the closest analog to this and like where it comes from, except for it's a lot better, is like a twin screw vice, right? So you could put that on the side of a bench. Um, it can be the only vice on a bench. When I had a twin screw vice, it actually was my only vice. Did everything I needed it to do, especially as a you know hybrid woodworker where I was only maybe a quarter of the time using hand tools. Um, it did everything I needed it to do. So not that I only want you to buy one of Andy's vices, because if you can get two, go ahead and get two. But what you said in the beginning sounds like what you should do. Tail vice, leg vice, or face vice. Have them in those two positions. Even that might be more than you really need, but it's still good to have it um, if you already maybe you already bought the, uh, the vices and you just need to install them. Um, but if I understand your question correctly, I can see zero benefit to putting two vices on the same end of a workbench. And that has to, I don't know what size you bought, but that would have to be pretty darn wide to fit both of them on the same side. It just, I don't think it's a good idea. I feel like I misunderstood his question though. Okay. Because it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, super chat from Robert Price and Greg. Super chat. Don't ban him. I'll try. Uh, my wife is looking at me like, see, I told you to do a test piece. <laughs> Was that the walnut yeah. Rubio question? Yeah. Gotta listen to the woman, man. That's just the way it goes. I like that. Uh, here we go. So another super chat from Greg Mulqueen. He says, Hi, Mark. I just got myself a little 20-foot by 10-foot workplace. What miter saw, table saw, and other tools would you consider for a small space? Thanks. Just putting me on the spot here. Mm. Small space tools are not my forte. 20 by 10. Yeah, I mean, it's a fairly small space. you got to think in terms of efficiency. You're probably looking at, well, when I had to pick tools to kind of make a beginner course, mm -hmm. I started looking at what's out there. I decided on things that were not only, you know, smaller in, in stature and size, uh, but things that were a little bit cheaper. I wound up with a DeWalt. I can't, it's a seven something because I think every DeWalt product has a seven in it. <laughs> uh, one of the table saws that, that gets really good reviews from DeWalt if you're going to go for a smaller scale, that's not a bad one to use. I know a lot of people who build some great furniture with that saw. Um, I think if you're going to go with a miter saw, I bought a DeWalt uh, when, when I was trying to you know, look at um, less expensive, more contractor style brands. 
uh, I found a DeWalt 10-inch miter saw, not a slider. Just a 10-inch miter saw was actually pretty adequate. Combine that with a table saw, you could do quite a few things, and you don't have to fuss with you know, the, the, the setups and things that can happen with a slider. I mean, if you have the room for a slider, slider's better. Um, but if you're really trying to keep everything compact, you know, sliders take a, quite a bit more room uh, off the wall. Um, so in a smaller space, that could be problematic. So what else did you say? Table saw, miter saw, other tools? Well, I mean, this is a really big question, Greg, um, to answer in this format. Um, I'll tell you what, if you want to shoot me an email, I could try to give you some more advice that way. Um, mm -hmm. But a lot of this is budget dependent, not just space dependent. Uh, what you're going to build, how often you're going to build, these are all things that make it difficult for me to give you a, you know, a real good answer that you Beefy. could sink your teeth into. Beefy answer. I just said teeth with an F. Teeth. <laughs> sink your teeth into. <laughs> like your Brad Pitt. Yeah, you sink your toothuses into <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, did you guys see my uh, Freudian slip with uh, Brad Pitt? <laughs> the Brad point bit. He's or... quite dreamy, Nicole. <laughs> he is. He was. <laughs> he was? Oh, yeah. How dare you? He is. He's like a fine wine. He just gets better with age. <laughs> okay. Obviously, I don't drink wine, no, so I know nothing no. about that. <laughs> He's a lot like me in that way. He got another super chat from you know, OJ. It's been said, mostly by me, that Brad Pitt would play me in a movie. <laughs> sure, sure. He's no. out there woodworking. Oh, you can see him. His shirt's off. Oh. And the hot, the hot lady, Nicole, comes over with a cold glass of lemonade. <laughs> Wipes off his brow. <laughs> All right, get back to the show. <laughs> Give me a nice super chat from Wayne. <laughs> okay. Hey, Wayne. Uh, Wayne says, wanted to show some love to y'all whenever you decide... On a brand logo you'd like me to make, let me know. I hope you all remember me. Okay, oh, I will yeah. keep that in yeah, mind. Yeah, that's right. Um, Did you offer to make us logos? The branding oh, a brander. A brander. A brander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Yep. Uh, which we... Man, I am parched. It's yeah. just been an active day. And then OJ did a nice super chat. Scroll down. OJ, can you see? Um, <laughs> yo, dog. I hear you like vices. I put a vice on your vice so you can vice while vicing. There you go. It's very vice of you. Miami vice. Did you get my joke? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I want to, above OJ is. Um, I feel like that's like, that's something you could put on my grave. Asshole. Quote unquote. No. Oh, sorry. Well, Ava, I called you Ava. <laughs> you called me an a-hole and I called you our daughter. Um, This is, uh, this is the real oh, thing happening right gosh. here. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. How did I call you Ava? I don't know. The problem I... is I've been with Ava in the pool for the last couple of hours saying Ava every five seconds. Ava, Ava, I Ava. Have, I Ava. have a good excuse. <laughs> you, on the other hand. I say her name all the time. You cussed on the show. I... Anyway. Uh, and my look, gra and in, what I want. He's in Denver. What I want. And he's been a big fan since 2007. What I want on my tombstone Kels. is, Hi, Kels. did you get the joke? Oh, did I get the joke? And now you ruined the joke. And mine is going to be, I can't believe you haven't seen that movie. <laughs> yeah. You didn't see that movie? Well, Klesh, um, he has his Klesh own, is in Denver? Yeah, he's in Denver. And he has his own oh, nice. YouTube channel, too. Really? He, um, Movies? No, it, look, Colorado. How to find treasure and mine gold. Oh, I just saw the movie reel yeah. on his uh, video. Nice. So he goes around Colorado. Nice. He's got cool hair. I'm going to have to check your channel out. Got a beautiful head of hair there, man. Um, okay. Wait a second. <laughs> Back to the questions. <laughs> this, is, this is off the rails today. Oh, boy. That's all right. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where I am. Okay, Rich. Rich Dodson says... I am using, I'm just glad it was you that cursed and not me. 
I am using more walnut on my projects and I've noticed that it tends to tear out along the grain when I run it through the table saw or the router table. Um, these tears are not large, more like strands that break off. Is this just a thing with walnut or can I make an adjustment to me or the tools to fix it? I use a lot of walnut and I would not necessarily say that it's more tear out prone than anything else that I use. This may be a tooling issue. This could be a sharpness issue. It could be a tooth count issue. Um, sometimes if you're just using a rip blade and you're doing cross cuts, you might see some tear out. Um, so those are the things I would, I would probably look at first. Um, I don't think it's you personally. <laughs> I think it's probably the tools or the sharpness of the tools or the number of blades in your tools. More blades, generally smoother cut, especially if you're doing cross cuts. Hey, yo, yo mama. Yo mama. Wants to know, I'm wanting to build a desk, desktop with quarter sycamore. Okay. <clears throat> and white oak frame. Sounds nice. How would I accent or account for <laughs> wood movement? the frame i don't know anything about the structure of this desk so i can't really effectively answer that okay sorry yo mama it like most of the time your structure will have some kind of a framework right and you might have panels in there you allow those panels to move if you're going with solid wood if you're going with ply then you can kind of glue everything together because the ply is not going to move either way the desk frame and the base of the desk is separate from the top. No matter what you do, it's always a separate thing. The top goes on top, and then the attachment method is how you allow for movement in that top. You usually have figure eight fasteners, you've got little shop-made buttons that you can do. There are a ton of things you can do that secure it down, but don't restrict it from moving from across the grain. Um, but you have two different challenges with wood movement. What you do with the construction and design of the base, and then securing the top to that base and allowing for movement. But I need to know what your what your desk looks like to talk more about specifics. Mm -hmm. All right, my last question here, then it's okay. all you. Lucas wrote in, he says, when I use to spray projects with an air compressor, most information demanded that I use a water separator. But now I spray with Fuji and see that there's no such tool and I definitely get moisture in the hose. Am I missing something? Well, you know, I am not 100% sure. I've never heard of anyone, you know, having to worry too much about moisture with a hose in a turbine. Uh, certainly heat can be an issue because uh, the, the motor gets hot and the air can get really hot. So that could be a little bit problematic. But, I mean, are you in, like, Louisiana? Are you in a place that's, like, really, really humid? Um, I would say... Since I picked up a turbine for the first time, I've been in very dry climates, Arizona and then now in Denver. Moisture is never a problem for me. So you guys with, uh, you people with turbines, um, do you ever have a problem with moisture in your hose? Because that's, uh, that's interesting. Because here's the thing, the turbine's doing nothing but blowing air. Think of a vacuum cleaner on reverse. It's just blowing air out. So there's no water in there like the way you have with a compressor. A lot of times you have residual water just from the act of uh, whatever compression that happens there or, you know, humidity in the air gets inside there. So what happens is when you're using that air to spray, a lot of moisture can go along for the ride and that can wreak havoc on your finishes. That's not what's happening with a turbine. A turbine is just blowing air. So you have to either have a very humid environment or you had to have water in the hose at some point before in order for it to have moisture in that hose. Maybe I'm wrong though. Maybe there is a known issue with using, you know, in a more humid environment using a turbine, but I just can't see why it would be a problem. Um, but I don't know a of a device, obviously I don't know, <laughs> of a device that would um, remedy that for you. 
But this is one, let's throw it to the chat. Anybody have a turbine in a humid area where the moisture in the line is causing you problems with your finish? Uh, the fifth element in the chat says, my shop is 12 by 25 and I have a bench top versions of almost everything. Mm -hmm. I don't build large things in order to stack them. Uh, and when, W-E-N, makes a great 10 inch bandsaw, cuts through walnut and maple, I use well. Nice. There you go. I have a bandsaw over there for the beginner course that mm -hmm. we're just not even close to getting to yet. Which brand did I buy? Was it a when? I think I may have bought a when. Yeah. It was, again, went to like, I'm doing this from scratch. I want to build a shop. What's the best of this category? And I think that was one of them that I got. Question here from LE. Um, is the Dowel Max worth looking into for making laminations? The dowel max for laminations? What is, I, I don't know. That's Are you just basically talking about lamination in the sense of gluing a bunch of boards together to make a tabletop? Clarify that for me. Um, because I can't imagine what else it would be. Um, it's dowels. Mm -hmm. I would not want to see you spend the money for a dowel max just to reinforce joints in a panel or a tabletop. Uh, I got lots of other cheaper ways to do that. And you can also use a much cheaper um, doweling jig to do it. Let me make sure the Dalmax is the one I'm thinking of. I had one of those and I did a quick review. Yep, that is the one I'm thinking of. Wait, no it isn't. Yes it is. Maybe. Did did Rockler buy them? Wasn't Dalmax an independent uh, company before? So yeah, so Rockler has it, but I don't think it's a Rockler branded product. Maybe that's what it is. And it's a little cheaper than it used to be. So maybe, I remember that thing being almost like $400 at one point. Anyway, point is, it's a fantastic doweling jig. If you plan, here's the answer. If you plan to use the doweling jig to actually make dowel joints on other things, you want to use it for like legitimate joinery for frame and panel or whatever you're doing. Yeah, go for it. It's a, it's a great dowel jig if you want to use dowels. Um, do I think you should buy that just for laminating boards together to create a panel or making thick legs? No, I don't think you should spend that much on a dowel jig um, just for that purpose, considering the only reason you're doing it is for alignment. It's not really adding strength in that sense. A uh, question here from Jose. Jose. Have you guys been to Yosemite National Park? Nope. We haven't. We need we to. We talked about that. When we, we want started, to go. When we started. We just haven't gone. Yeah. We were, uh, you know, we lived the RV life mentally for about a month. And uh, <laughs> I even have a rug to show for it. A little, uh, yep. what do you call it? A, little, well, uh, well, a welcome mat. Yeah, a mat to wipe your feet when you go in. And that was one of the things that I was like, you know what? I just want to be able to go. Like if there's a national park nearby yeah. or something with just a couple days drive, like I want to do that. I want that kind of freedom. Uh, then reality hit. So here <laughs> we are. Because then you got a lot of stuff to do. Here we are. Going to the beach. <laughs> okay. uh, Gabriel wants uh, to know. Hold on a second. Oh. Just some hey, Ness is in further updates. What's up, Ness? Troy Clement says, Gulf Coast and a Fuji, no problems. So there's one more data point. For what? The spraying issue. Uh, see, now you can throw, you, you can, I'm, I have one question, but you can. We have questions here? Yeah. Uh, I'm looking. Oh, you see? I don't see any. That's probably further up then. I got one here. It starts with a what, so it must be a question, but I haven't read it. <laughs> uh, what type of joinery is best? to use for two work pieces, cut at 45 degrees mitered. Uh, it's an apron with a table leg tilted to 45 degrees. 
words are, are hard to, like when you're describing things mm-hmm. with angles and stuff like that, especially in the context of a live show, sometimes it's hard to figure out it what they're talking be. about. But if I were reading an email, I might be able to get it. Okay, so you're talking about miters. There's only so many ways that you can do this. One of the, um, one of the best ways is with a spline. So I don't, I don't totally have my head wrapped around what this joint totally looks like, but uh, a lot of times if you have a miter joint, you can make a jig for the table saw or the router table. You can even make a jig that just kind of holds the piece in place and you can use a handheld router to just kind of put a groove in it or a mortise if you don't want it to go all the way through. Uh, but if it's not going to be visible, it's easier to go through. And then you just cut a little piece of material that acts as a spline. Sometimes you could even use plywood for this if you want to. Um, you just want to make sure that the grain is oriented so that the grain is going across your joint, right? So sometimes that means milling a thin piece of stock to act as spline stock and then cross-cutting strips out of there and gluing that in place. If you go the other way, it's just it's going to be weak. So dominoes, uh, biscuits... Dowels, if they're, I don't know how big this thing is, but you sometimes can get dowels in a miter joint. And then, of course, what I just mentioned is like traditional splines. There you go. Uh, we did miss a, there was a question that got hidden on the YouTube. On uh, the It YouTube. said one comment, but Sebastian's co- uh, comment was hidden, I'm guessing it because was? of the link. Okay. It says bon, bon, bonsoir. Did I say that right? Bonsoir. 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 From Montreal. I'm finishing the plans. That means good evening, Nicole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I took French in high okay. school. I did. Okay. I took like that much. Um, I know Nicole is French. I'm finishing the plans for my kitchen, and I'm wondering what to do about the open shelf in this picture. I'll show you the picture. Here's right the here. weird thing. I don't know why I did get that question. Oh, you did. I have his picture. Oh, there it is. <laughs> and there it is. So... What he's concerned about is the sagging, the potential sag on that bottom shelf. So I think securing this shouldn't be a problem. You've got cabinets above and on the sides. Uh, That should not be a problem at all. It's a matter of how do you provide additional support for that bottom shelf. So if there's no point of, you know, you're not actually able to secure it to the back wall, I think that would be one of the first things I'd look into. Can I get that secured to the back wall? It may even just be something like construction adhesive on the back of this thing as you push it in and push it home, uh, make sure if it's making contact with that, uh, looks like marble, um, if it's making contact with that backsplash area, um, maybe some construction adhesive there would be good just to kind of help support it. Honestly, if that's the case, you're not putting super heavy stuff up there, that might be enough. Um, If it's not, you might consider putting some kind of a trim around that, which may not fit with the minimalist style that you've got here, but it might be worth looking into if you're super concerned about it. Just a piece of like, um, I don't know, inch and three quarters or something, um, you know, like a face frame type material uh, just to go across there. And that would actually provide quite a bit of support. Mm -hmm. Um, I know when I have a shelf or something in the house, we just have a shelf. uh, Usually I'll just take a piece of stock, solid stock, put that to the front um, makes it look good, makes it actually look like a thicker shelf, but at the same time, it's providing a little bit of structural support to help prevent sagging. Uh, your mama followed up and said... <laughs> My mama did? She's right in there. <laughs> Sorry, quilted sycamore with a miter white oak, oak frame, all solid wood top. I'm worried the movement could split the miters, which is the movement I'm worried about. Okay, so quarter sycamore with a mitered white oak, all solid wood top. I'm worried the movement could split the miters. 
Yeah. Well, okay. So now you're telling me that you're putting solid wood inside a frame. Don't do that. Uh, if you, if it's flush around the surface, you're going to have a problem. This is why like when you see a frame and panel door, that panel has room to move if it's solid wood. Um, what you're talking about is a uh, woodworking cardinal sin is you never put a solid wood panel and then put a frame around it because eventually they will, something's going to, something's going to lose the battle. Either you're going to get like maybe in the middle of the night, you hear a bang and you go look at the table and there's a nice split in there because it had nowhere to go. Your miters were so strong that it was the panel that, uh, that lost the battle or the panel's going to expand and contract. Those miter joints are going to let go. Um, it's just a matter of time. You got a good example <clears throat> on that My Mistakes video you did years ago. Mm -hmm. He made a cutting board. Or no, it was a chess set yeah. that busted. So I will say that if it is quarter saw and sycamore, you are stacking the cards in your favor in a sense because quarter saw and wood does not expand as much across the grain as flat saw does. I still wouldn't do it. I would find another way. Uh, and a lot of times that, that means you need, if you really want that mitered, you know, nice flush kind of um, clean top look, a lot of times you have to go to a sheet good and then you put a veneer, you know, if you're into, I don't know what you have in, in the way of equipment, but if you want to cut your own veneer out of that quarter saw and sycamore, veneer your own panels, and now you could have something that you could wrap it all day long and it's never going to be a problem. But I, I would cannot recommend that you follow through if I, if I understand what you're saying. Uh, Dave said, generally, because the turbine pushes out hotter air, the moisture should not be in the hose. That's the thing, right? It's like a hairdryer. Yeah. If there was moisture in there, it would be dry, let right? it run for two minutes and it'll be dry. Uh, Gabriel says... I want to I hear more from him, though, yeah. that he knows that there's moisture in the line. Okay. Gabriel says, uh, disaster falls on to your workshop, but you have a chance to rescue a single item. <laughs> what do you take? What are you going to take? I would Probably need... a camera. Yeah. Was right? It... Yeah, I don't know. It wouldn't be I'm woodworking tool. equipment. It would be a piece of electronics. <laughs> my computer. <laughs> my laptop. Um... You know what? Okay, let's let's get the electronics out of it. Yeah. This will be more fun. Let's assume no electronics. Just woodworking. I was going to say, because the other answer is the pictures of our family that are on the wall. But I'm only saying that because people are watching. Well, so. and they're all digital. <laughs> <laughs> I got them. They're all printouts. <laughs> they're all faded anyway. Uh, Tool-wise, you know what Any I would grab? Stuff behind you? <sighs> hand tools? I might grab a couple of hand planes. You said I one. Would one thing. Well, come on. I could carry two of these in one hand. <laughs> can we at least just say what I can carry in one hand? <laughs> okay, do that. Okay, either a couple of planes, but you know what? The, you know the answer. I, I, if I'm really being honest with myself, I grab that stupid domino. <laughs> would you? I would grab the domino. <laughs> I don't know why. It's got there's like a soft place in my heart for that thing, but I'd be running out there with a domino on my shoulder. <laughs> Look, relax, family. I got the domino. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, wonderful. Uh, <laughs> That's an interesting uh, thought experiment. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. Uh, Cal says, what are your top three favorite woods to work with? Cherry. Cherry. Walnut. Walnut. Cherry. <laughs> cherry and walnut. Figure cherry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most things these days, cherry and walnut, but... I still love to work with exotics. I just mm -hmm. don't do it that often. Yeah. Um, there are just some amazing woods, and it's not their workability that I like. It's just the way they look when you're done. Um, 
But I would say I can only give you really two because of the ones I keep going to over and over these days is cherry and walnut. Al alder. Not, but I don't love alder. Actually, yeah. I think alder is kind of a pain in the butt. Um, it's just Softer. too soft. I, I've worked with a lot of western red cedar, and I hate that with a fiery passion. The wenge. Remember the the wenge. wenge. I do remember the wenge. <laughs> uh, Tim <laughs> Timothy Harris says, what's Nicole's next project? Mm, we talked about it today, yeah, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found a uh, thread holder, uh -huh. clearly made by someone. Um, not something I can buy. That was really cool. It was very homemade. So might try to do something like that. Looks like something someone found at a Missouri it, flea market. Shut up. Honestly. <laughs> it it would look it would look really cool with all my thread mounted on the little dowels. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a fun project. Yeah. We just have to make it not look like a flea market find. <laughs> okay. Design something that looks a little more classy. Okay. Well, we can do it. Tweety tweety. <laughs> <laughs> you married up here, Nicole. I am hey. from Trenton, New Jersey, okay? Beagle Wood says, hi, guys. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's my guy. Oh. Love them beagles. Oh, gosh. Oh, now you got me thinking about puppies. All right. Here we go again. You guys know there's a new family member coming. Yeah. couple of weeks. New family. Not a dog. A dog. No. no. A dog. Yeah. No Just way. clarify. <laughs> um, Big Willie's getting some choppy sound, he says. Oh. I don't know. Anyone else? Gary Badger says, you showed the Amana countersink on the buy this, not that video. Do they make different sizes? Yeah, they do. So you can buy them for like number eight. I think they have just about everyone that, you know, common sizes. I bought the uh, eighth inch one. Um, but you can get a couple different ones. I only own one. 99% of the, the screws that I own are number eights. So that's what I have. Uh, <clears throat> David Gilby in the chat says, Hey, Mark, my wife is listening as I watch. Can you please tell her it's okay to buy a new bandsaw, please? Who is this? <laughs> David Gilby. Her name is Tiffany. Okay. Tiffany, <laughs> come here. <laughs> I think it would be more convincing if I said, Hey, Tiffany, you should let... <laughs> Tiffany? Talk to her. Why should he'll, he get a bandsaw? What have, has my bandsaw done for you? You've made How is this going to change Tiffany's great life? Furniture. I, I love the furniture you've made with that bandsaw. I mean, most importantly, it's made me happy. And I know making me happy makes oh, you happy. Well, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, maybe a little less as time goes on. <laughs> Uh, let the man buy a bandsaw. Look, a band, if you... Actually, a bandsaw is an important part of the shop. Look, we just talked about Alex Snodgrass. Here's a guy whose whole thing is the bandsaw. His whole world is the bandsaw. Tell him to make you little reindeers. Yeah, little baby reindeers. Christmas is coming. Yeah. I mean, a, a life without the bandsaw? I can't imagine. It's like, I kind of feel bad for the guy. He needs a bandsaw. Maybe we should all start a uh, GoFundMe. Get this guy a bandsaw. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make us do all this, no. Tiffany. Just let him buy a bandsaw. Come on. Oh, all right, what so else funny. we got? All right. It was got... apparently Big Willie's headphones that were oh. the problem. <laughs> Let's start, start GoFundMe to get Big Willie some new headphones. Yep. Okay, Big Willie, we need to get your headphones, buddy. How does Mom Spags like the uh, potato and onion drawer? She hasn't complained about it. it you know, but here's the thing. If she doesn't like it, she only has herself to blame because the whole entire time I'm like, are you sure this is what you want? You want this? Yes. Are you sure you want me to do this? You want me to do that? Yes. She had complete control over it. Um, she has exactly what she asked for. And I do think she's actually enjoying it. 
Yeah. Yeah. She loves that thing. uh, We have any more questions? I know there's more questions in the chat, but we got kids to Mm -hmm. put to bed soon. Boy, Gary Badger, the way he, like, I just got to put that up there. He was very energetic with that question. We we just answered that one. I did. Or I read it to you and you answered it. I did answer it. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. So if you are a Patreon supporter, uh, I was just going to go to post over here. I'll put a link in the chat that will take you to the after show video. If you're a YouTube supporter, you can go to the our YouTube channel and under community, there's mm-hmm. the link to the after show. And we'll we'll talk more there. We will. One last question. ENZ Print says, did hardwoods have a huge price increase like building lumber? Prices per board foot seem to be what they were the last time I bought a bit. For me, they haven't changed much. I know this may be regional. It could certainly be your supplier. I asked my buddy Shannon, who does a um, show called the Lumber Industry Update a podcast. Uh, you should listen to it if you're interested in this stuff. I asked him, I'm like, is this nationwide? I mean, I, I know we all make jokes. They're great for memes now, like that wood is expensive. But is this really something that's hitting hardwoods? Because my prices are as good as they've ever been. Uh, from Austin Hardwoods. And he said, well, the problem is it depends on the suppliers. And he said the bigger places that have bigger inventory have weathered this storm just fine and haven't had to do anything with their prices. But there may be other places that do have to do something with their prices and they do see an increase. So I think this depends. I'd be curious from the chat. Um, I know we all say that wood is expensive right now, but specifically furniture... You know, stuff hardwood. that's destined to be furniture, good quality hardwoods. Have you guys seen a massive uptick in pricing? Sheet goods, yeah, yeah, that's something that's definitely harder to get and more expensive. But hardwoods, I haven't seen it. I haven't either. Uh, in the Denver group, mm. there, we have a couple of... Funny thing, I was like, when did you go to the lumber place, <laughs> Because I see... Every time I go, the price is the same. I've never gone, so I don't know what the prices are. <laughs> <laughs> you were there for the book signing. Yeah. So. Now I'm talking about the Sawyers that are in the yeah. Denver Facebook group that mm-hmm. I manage, and they talk about prices and they will list the prices. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everybody for hanging out yes, with us. Yes. Thank you. Um, we are going to go do the after oh, show. We now. will not have a show next week. Oh. We won't have a show next Good week. Good thing you remember. We're, gonna, we're taking a little vacation. A little R and R time. Uh, yeah, so we won't be here, but we will be here the following week, of course. Were you North Jersey? North central. Central. He's Central Jersey. Yeah, why? Who's Cause, asking? Because he... Uh, What's it to you? <laughs> I'm walking here. ENZ Print Co. is in North Jersey. Oh, okay, yeah. I've been to North Jersey. Yeah. Many a girlfriend in North Jersey. One. She's very nice. Okay. <laughs> All right. Ex- Have a good one, everybody. girlfriend well, back yeah, yeah obviously, yes, Nicole. Yes, yes. I mean, I don't even talk about my current girlfriends. That would be rude. Hey, you guys have a wonderful he's weekend. Joking. He's joking. He, that's what he does. If you're new, he's joking. If you're new, hit that thumb down. Okay. <laughs> See you later. Bye. bye.